Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Those of you who are here in Ananda's Temple of Light at uh, Ananda Village, and also for many of you who are joining online uh, from probably all continents, we welcome you to something that is a very, very special night. This is, well, we'll talk more about it after the prayer, but uh, this is a an important occasion that's happening tonight. As I was saying, this is a very special occasion. It is the releasing of a new book. Davy and I have been fortunate to be able to read this through more than once because we were involved in the process of, of the writing process. Davy or she would... Uh, send us um, different parts of the book as he was writing it. It is a wonderful book, truly a wonderful book. You know, of all the high aspirations that our line of masters came with to this planet, the highest of them all was to help with the spread of Kriya Yoga. Kriya Yoga is the proper technique for this age of Dwapara Yuga. And they had many missions. Obviously, a line of masters like this has to work on many, many levels of society, has to do a very broad-based, fundamental rising of consciousness throughout the entire globe. But most people aren't ready for very much. All they're holding up, their souls, their (laughs) conscious mind isn't holding up anything at all. But their soul is holding up maybe a little thimble. And that's all that these great masters can, um, can really fill because otherwise people aren't asking for it. And obviously they are not going to override anyone's free will. But as the soul progresses along the spiritual path, it begins to get thirsty for God. And then it holds up a big cup, and then it holds up a bucket. And uh, then finally, for those ready for the full teachings, they we hold up every kind of container we can find in the house and, and ask these masters to fill it. What they're going to fill for this age, above all, is communion with God. That's the, that's the purpose for which they came. Uh, as it says in the festival, the lower altars of good works, the candles are still lit, but inner communion with God. The candle burns low and is ill-attended. And so these great masters came to relight that candle again. Now that inner communion with God has many stages, but ultimately, as we've all read in the autobiography of a yogi, the highest stage of all, the uh, technique that is of all techniques of uh, progress, spiritual progress through self-effort, it's Kriya Yoga. And so that spread of Kriya Yoga throughout the world is one might call the apex 
of what they came to bring. And Devashi has written just a very, very fine book about Kriya Yoga. Because it's meant for the general public, it does not give the technique itself. But because of his long discipleship, his great attunement, he, for those of you who may not know, he's the worldwide director of our Kriya Yoga um, work, our ministry, Kriya Yoga ministry. And for that long, long dedication, attunement, and connection, plus many of his personal experiences, all of that magnetism, one might say the magnetism of 50 years of holding up every bucket he could find, has now been condensed into a fine essence that fills this book. It has great magnetism, and it has wonderful stories, and certainly no, nobody associated with Ananda should miss the opportunity to get this book and read it. Thank you, Jyotish. Well, I too want to thank you all for coming tonight uh, uh, during celebrating Swami's birthday weekend and to especially greet our friends in India who are watching. And we feel like we have Devarshi on loan from the devotees <laughs> in India. So we will be sending him back soon, reluctantly, but, but we will. Um, you know, it was more than 100 years ago, 1920, that Master came to the West. And part of his mission, as he wrote in his mission statement, was to spread the teachings of Kriya Yoga, of our great line of gurus. And yet, it's in because we were in an age that people, not that many people were ready for it. And so it's, it has grown, and but it, but it has grown slowly. But as we see through Ananda's spreading of Kriya Yoga, it's gaining momentum. And more and more people every year are getting initiated. But the wonderful title that Devarshi gave the book, Kriya Yoga, Spiritual Awakening for the New Age. It's very significant because I believe that now this book will be a catalyst for the time for, for learning Kriya Yoga has come. The time for knowing God has come through Kriya Yoga. And so I think this book written... Uh, the thing I loved the most about it was the tone of it. As Jyotish said, it's for the general public. And sometimes, oh, Kriya Yoga, oh yes, that's for the highly advanced souls. Devashi presents it in such a simple, real, human way, and yet so profound. It's, it makes it accessible for everyone. And I think people will feel that when they read it. So that's why I really feel it's a catalyst now for really uh, launching a great wave of people being interested in getting training and receiving the initiation in Kriya Yoga because it is time for this spiritual awakening in our time. And in we have been friends with Devarshi for many, many decades and we've been through many adventures together. But it's so beautiful to 
with all of our friends and with him as well to watch how last night Jyotish spoke about Swamiji and how he became more and more transparent over time. Well, we see that with our friends. We see that with Devarshi. And the thing that's thrilling about this book is there's it's written in such a way that there's no barrier. It's written with transparency, the stories, many, many personal stories. It isn't just philosophy. It makes it very real and very alive. So we're very happy that we could be part of this launch. And especially it's significant on Swami Kriyananda's birthday because he chose the name Kriyananda, Joy Through Kriya. And here we are celebrating his birthday with Kriya Yoga, spiritual awakening for the new age. So having said that, we turn the, mo the rest of the program over to Devarshi. Now, when we were in Los Angeles, Narayan and Dharma Devi <coughs> introduced us to a new word for us, this was a few years ago, called FOMO. <laughs> FOMO is short for fear of missing out. And for at least those of you who are here in the temple, I'm going to uh, catalyze some FOMO in you. So this is our own personalized signed copy of this book. And there are copies out there uh, waiting for your name on them. So uh, avail yourself because Devishi is going to be leaving soon. Those of you who are in India, uh, there are books there too, so you can you can uh, not miss out also. Okay, okay without further ado. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jyotish TV, and thank you everyone for helping to launch and bless this book and help send it out into the world. I feel a bit of a fraud because on the cover it just says Nayaswami Devarshi but there were so many people who should be on the cover of this book along with me. And I just want to start by thanking many of them, uh, starting with Nari, Jyotish and David D, of course, and you know, five years ago, I think it was, they asked me to write this book. And that's how long it took me to write it. I'm sort of embarrassed to say because I'll talk a little bit more about this, but it was just difficult to know how to bring this book into a way that would inspire people in the world who didn't know much or anything about it to learn Kriya, but also to inspire Kriya yogis with just a new way of looking at Kriya and maybe affirming the practice that many of you here at Ananda Village have. So thank you just for trusting me, being patient with me. They are patient with many of their children here in the community and I'm one of them and I have deep gratitude for that. And also for Narayan and Dharma Devi for just encouraging me, just there was so much encouragement and support in just getting through the, the rough places of just one, trying to figure out how to write it and just really ever grateful for that encouragement. We really help each other more than people realize, especially with that spirit of support and encouragement and kindness. Also, I just want to thank Prakash for helping with a big part of the early editing and just, uh, it also just, his blessing was in there too. That's just, I just feel that when we help each other, it's not practical help. I always remember that photo of Seva 
you know, serving a plate of food with this radiant, beaming smile. And this is like an iconic photo of seva, the person, and seva, the Sanskrit word for service to others, because she's offering a plate of food, but it's way, way more than a plate of food. Whoever received that plate of food got a whole lot, as you could tell from that photo. And that's what we do with each other when we, even just small kindnesses, there is so much that is conveyed and given even much more than the actual act. I also want to thank Ram Bhakta, who also helped with a, a final flurry of editing at the very end to get it across the finish line. Ramurti also helped just in the early, very stages of just getting this, the process started with Crystal Clarity Publishers. And I know there's more that I'm, I'm forgetting in this process. Can you tell me who I'm forgetting, maybe? <laughs> the cover is just so beautiful. Uh, Tejendra in Assisi is just a magnificent color cover. And these are some of our guru bhais. Uh, Anand and Kirtani are in this photo, and Bhaktan is in this photo, and a few others. You can't recognize them. Bhaktan had to help me see who they were. And of course, Swami Kriyananda, who just showed us how to be Kriya yogis and how it meant far, far more than doing a breathing exercises in our meditation room. It is a whole way of life. It's a whole approach to life. And he showed us how to do that. And I, I don't think, well, I know none of us would be here in this room sharing this joy and inspiration that we do every day of our lives for those who live at Ananda Village without just all the tapasya and attunement and love for God and Guru that Swamiji brought. It was just, it's heroic what he did. And as I see Ananda spreading all over the world, and not just spreading in numbers, but just in the saints that are being now drawn even to this work, even now. And I just think of what Christ said, by their fruits you shall know them. And what Swamiji started, that was, we, I don't think we'll even fully realize what a great soul he was until we get to the other side, because the fruits uh, that he you know, started and launched, and it's uh, extraordinary, really, it's an extraordinary soul who can do that. And then thanking our line of gurus for you know, drawing us to them, awakening them with autobiography of a yogi and their magnetism and, and each other. And finally, I want to thank Ananda Village. For those of you online, and I just want to welcome all my friends who are watching from India, and I will, I will be back there soon. And the book is starting to come out. There also will be an audio book. On Friday, I finished my part of the recording of the audio book. And so there will be editing by the the sound editor will be coming up, so that also will come out. But in many ways, this book is a child of Ananda Village, because when Swamiji began Ananda Village in the late 1960s, there was no way to see what it meant to be a Kriya Yogi and to live a life of, in God, of discipleship to God and to gurus. It was Until then, it was something that people did on their own in their meditation room, and then they would go to their job and there would be a disconnect between you know, meditation and sadhana and, and their outward work. Swamiji often said that Ananda Village is a living laboratory of demonstrating the power of the Kriya Yoga teachings. And these teachings wouldn't be spreading the way they are through Ananda without this laboratory that's been here 50 plus years and hundreds of souls living and practicing these things. And in many ways, anybody at Ananda Village, hundreds of the souls here could have written this book because even though I share personal stories 
of my own life and tests I overcame and my own coming to Ananda. It's the story of all of us here. And you know we've all gone through those tests and we're all still going through it. And people come to Ananda Village and they see 17,000 beautiful tulips and they see 200 living human tulips who are colorful and unique, but also very inspiring. And they don't realize the the hard work and the overcoming of our own littleness and challenges and tests that I've seen every throughout the years here. And it's a place where people really use Kriya Yoga and its principles to overcome the challenge, the karmic challenges that we all face. And it's everyone here is going through that. I, my writing of this was just, again, it was a way of expressing what we're all doing. I'm reminded of one time I was walking up on the, the ridge, the Sunset Ridge, many years ago. And there was somebody who was driving by at that moment, and it's a dear friend who is still living here, and we all know very well, I won't share her name. But she stopped and she was really excited about something. She rolled down the window and was just really breath, breathlessly excited. And so much so that I couldn't understand what she was saying. <laughs> and she was just so thrilled, she said, Devarshi, I, I passed the something, something, something test. I passed the something, something test. And I thought it was some, you know, uh, official certification for her job, which required probably her to pass some tests. I said, what, what test did you pass? Tell me, slow down, what, what test? She said, I passed the two-by-four test. I passed the two-by-four test. And for those of you who have read The New Path by Swami Kriyananda, there's a test of Swamiji and a brother disciple who... Master had them leveling a big pile of sand with a two-by-four aboard. And it was an impossible task. Master was testing them to see how they would respond. And Swami responded with joy and laughter and uh, uh, inner freedom. And his brother disciple was grumbling and complaining and didn't pass that test. And Swamiji became Swamiji. The other disciple left Master not too long after that. And we... This is a repeating test. It's not like you pass a two-by-four test and once and for all, okay, I've, I've checked that one off. It, it comes up again and again in uh, different ways and different levels. But that's really the power of Kriya Yoga. It gives us the power to know God, to find God. And to do that, we have to overcome our own littleness, our ego, our desire and attachment, our fears and sufferings, our anxieties. And Kriya Yoga as a whole way of life, gives us that power. Master said that he came to bring Kriya Yoga and his interpretations of the Bhagavad Gita and the Bible, and not just Kriya Yoga as a technique. And that's what a lot of this book is about. It's about really the time for knowing God has come and how Kriya Yoga, how we can use it to know God in meditation, in daily life, in ourselves, in everything that we do. And so it's not just about a, a breathing exercise. And that's sort of a common misconception, especially in the, the broader world. Kriya Yoga, yeah, it's a breathing technique, and I can go online and learn it and huff and puff. Swamiji said, when you practice Kriya without really the deeper understanding, without guru attunement, discipleship, without this deep devotional offering that we do with Kriya, he said it's just huffing and puffing. It's just making a noise. But it's so much more than that. And when Swamiji would talk about Kriya Yoga, we have recently the Kriya Sangha here in the U.S. with Deva Leela for, for the Kriya Yogis who don't know about this. 
Over the years, Swamiji gave many talks on Kriya Yoga and Kriya Initiations. And finally, they've all been really compiled and organized. Just because it was very disorganized and there was you know, many, many talks that were just duplicated and the different labels. And so now there are 47 talks by Swamiji with titles, about 20 plus of them are Kriya Initiations. But if you listen to all those talks, I bet only five to 10% of what he says, maybe just 5% is about the technique of Kriya. The other 95% is about the art and the science of Kriya. And this book really, the art and science is a thread that goes throughout the book, but also how to live as Kriya yogis, to bring it into our lives, to work with our karmas, to work with our obstacles and our suffering and all these things that we have to deal with. And so this is what this book is about. It was also a struggle for me to write it because you write to an audience. And how do you write to an audience that's new people who are just wanting to know more about it and longtime Kriya Yogis? Because I couldn't hold back. I, I couldn't write a 150-page brochure on Kriya Yoga. It just I, I had to share more than that. And two things really helped me. One is something that Prakash really helped me with is that Maria and I, uh, many of you who have been here a long time, we at Spiritual Renewal Week for some years on Saturday morning, we would give a class on the path of Kriya Yoga. And every year it was different. And every year there would be longtime Kriya Yogis and brand new people. And we found a way to really share this inspiration and the depth and breadth of it with this vast, uh, broad kind of audience. But what also I really understood and I would encourage people is to read the three chapters that Master and Swamiji wrote about Kriya Yoga. And there's three chapters in their books that are titled either Kriya Yoga or The Science of Kriya Yoga. And they happen to be in the three books that are for the broadest possible audience. One is Autobiography of a Yogi. Second is Swami Kriyananda's Autobiography, The New Path. And the third is the biography of Yogananda, but written by Swamiji. And in those three chapters, they don't hold back at all. They go into the depth and the breadth and the power of it, of the love for God that we must practice Kriya with. It's not just a cut and dried mechanical thing. And I would encourage all Kriya yogis to read those three chapters in order. Autobiography of a Yogi chapter, The New Path, and then the last chapter, the, the book, The Biography of Master. And there's an interesting story, maybe I'll just mention that uh, last... Swamiji's really last writings on Kriya is that chapter he wrote in the biography. And when he was writing it, Narayani, who was his assistant, one day came down to his apartment to see what he needed in the morning. You know, it was, the day was beginning. And Swamiji was lying on his bed, on his back, and he was just in a state of bliss. His eyes were turned up. And he said to her, he said, you must read this chapter I wrote last night. He said, that it's the chapter on Kriya Yoga. And he said, when I was writing it, it was no longer me. It was entirely master writing that. And he said it was such deep inspiration and deep bliss. And he said, you must read that chapter. And he said, I don't even know what I wrote because it was master writing that. And that sort of stated the life of a Kriya Yogi after many, many years. I think everything he wrote was master writing through him but by the end of his life, that process of being Kriya Yogis, being disciples, it changes us day by day, year by year. It really does. It just it turns people into saints, and that's the beauty of 
people coming to Ananda Village and seeing this. So the book, it is the spiritual awakening for this age of Dwapara Yuga, and it is an age of energy. And this age of energy, this book starts with how much power and energy uh, Swamiji and Master conveyed and expressed in their lives. And just that's really what they came to shake things up with that energy and power, but also show us how to have that energy and power and divine energy and power in our own lives. And so the book begins that way with the first two chapters on energy and magnetism and how that's integral to the, the Dwapara Yuga. But we think of Dwapara Yuga just in terms of it's the age of energy. And we think of energy like, you know, just this supercharged time, which it is. But it also there's other aspects of Dwapara Yuga and Kriya Yoga, very similar, that Swamiji talked about. And I'll just read what he said. We have emerged from Kali Yuga, a male-dominated era when physical force seemed the only way of attaining one's objectives and are already being swayed by the fresh spring breezes of Dwapara Yuga, the age of energy. And then he talks about these other qualities. There will be increasing awareness of the need for feminine inwardness as a balance to masculine outwardness, for inner inspiration as a balance to outward conquest, for feeling as the very essence of consciousness itself. In the struggle to adapt to these changes, it will be increasingly necessary to distinguish between calm feeling, which is intuitive, and the disruptive feelings of raw emotion. There is a need now, today, to recognize the importance of inner peace as the soil in which alone the plant of true happiness can flourish. And this is Swamiji talking about Dwapara Yuga, all those things. And so it's also Kriya Yoga. So Kriya Yoga is art and science. And again, that's the, the thread that goes through all the different chapters of the book. And Swamiji, at pretty much every Kriya initiation, would talk about Kriya as art and science. And they're both important. They're both equally important. And I weave it through because I think Kriya yogis tend to get so focused on techniques that we become technical yogis and we forget that it's about knowing God and finding God. And the, the introduction to the book starts with a story from Autobiography of a Yogi. When young Mukunda was meditating with uh, Baduri Mahashai, the levitating saint, and after about an hour of meditation, Baduri Mahashai comes out, they come back to consciousness, and he chided young Mukunda. He said, you go often into the silence, but have you developed Anubhav, actual perception of God? He was reminding me to love God more than meditation. Do not mistake the technique for the goal. And so the goal is to know God. And that's what Master said he came to really usher in a revolution in the churches and to kind of overthrow churchianity and give people the power to know God in their own meditation without a priest or a pujari having to intercede and, and tell the, the devotee, oh, you can't know God, but you have to you know, pay me a little bit and I'll do the ceremonies and you have to come to my church and you can know God through me. And the guru comes to guide us. Yes, we know God through the guru and that grace and magnetism, but they came to show us how to know God in our own sadhana, in our own meditation. That said, 
it's also techniques. There's a chapter in here titled The Technological Yogi. And people might think, technological yogi, that's such a silly made-up title. Does it mean that yogis with cell phones, you know, and meditation? But that phrase, technological yogi, it's in autobiography of a yogi. And it's a phrase that Master uses. And he refers to, uh, referring to a, a passage from the Gita where Krishna is telling that practice yoga with along with devotional self-offering, offering yourself to me completely, Krishna says, combined with this practice of science of yoga. And Master says that he was talking about this technological yoga that he was talking about. And what does that mean? Technology is science, but practically Im implemented. Technology is a tool uh, you, uh, designed to help us go somewhere and to do something and to achieve something. And the technology of Kriya Yogi, Yoga, Kriya Yoga is a technology, truly. If you look up the definitions of technology, it fits right in there. It's a technology given to us to learn the power of pranayam, the power of control of the life force. And when we have that control of the life force, as Sri Teshwar used to chant, pranayam be thy religion, pranayam will give thee salvation. Pranayam is the wishing tree. You won't have anything to fear anymore. Night and day in thy joy, O my Lord. And this is the goal of developing pranayam. In Kali Yuga, Swamiji said this once. He said in Kali Yuga, the word pranayam only meant techniques of breathing exercises. And he said, that's a mistake to narrow it down. He says, pranayam is a condition. It's not a technique. There are techniques also that are called that, so that's right too. But it's the condition of having control over our life force, over the energy in the spine. And we sometimes think of it just in a sort of abstract way. There's this energy that's in the spine and prana, yes, we know that, and we control it with daily Kriya practice. And in, in, in a way, I share this in the book, it's a little bit like finger exercises on the piano where the daily practice of the finger exercises are to give the musician control over their fingers that they can play a beautiful, inspired piece of music. It's not just to do finger exercises all day long. And Kriya is more than that. It's a, Kriya itself is devotional worship and self-offering, so it's more than that. But the pranayam part, when we have control over the life force, then we don't have to fear. It helps us to overcome fear. And there's a chapter on the book about dealing with fear as a Kriya Yogi, dealing with anxiety and how we can apply the, the technology of Kriya and the control of the life force to overcoming you know, negative thoughts and grief and loss and emotional energy and fear and, and suffering and all these things and overcome attachment and desire and so when we have pranayam, really the power is that it gives us control over our restless thoughts, which come from the agitated feelings of the heart. And it teaches us how to calm the agitated feeling of the heart. And then it teaches us how to offer that calmed feeling, which now becomes divine feeling, and offering it with deep devotional self-offering to the point between the eyebrows. And this is the beauty of this art and science. And and that's why it's woven throughout the book. And Swamiji talks about this because 
the devotional way, which we, we are devotees. We use that word all the time. We practice devotion, and, and Master urged Swamiji, get more devotion, get more devotion. But what Kriya does, it shows us how to transmute human emotion and emotional feeling into divine devotional feeling. And Swamiji tells an interesting story where he was in seclusion in the Himalayas, and this was in the early 1960s, and he said that he was in such bliss that in seclusion he could have stayed there the rest of his life and not ever done anything else. Just He would have been really content to do that, but he had duties and he had some lectures and things to do. But soon after that, he saw Ananda Ma, and she saw the state that he was in of just deep love for God and deep devotional bliss that he was in. And she saw it just intuitively. She, she knew Swamiji very well. And she kind of chided him. And she said, be careful. She said, that kind of love can go down the spine just as easily as it can go up the spine. And Kriya Yoga teaches us how to keep it uplifted and to keep it as divine devotional self-offering rather than just stirred up human emotions. And Swamiji said, when she advised him that way, he said, yeah, I... I found out that it can go down. He sounded like he was talking from experience, that it can go down the spine. And what Kriya does, it shows us how to be in control of that. And Swamiji said in that regard that that love that when we feel it, he says it has to be directed even austerely at the spiritual eye. And we don't think of love and austerely in the same sentence, even right next to each other. But that's art and science of Kriya. And I'm here talking to a lot of Kriya yogis, but this is applicable to anyone who's wanting to find God. And that's why this book, I think, is universal in, in helping people from uh, many other paths, too. But when we take that devotional feeling and direct it strongly, austerely, but with love to the point between the eyebrows, that is the, the union yoga of devotional feeling and and God. It's just this power, again, of how to know God is through this practice of Kriya Yoga. And I'll just maybe share some of the chapter titles. So one of the early chapters is combining art and science, but again, you'll see that it's a thread that goes throughout the book. Another one is feeling from human to divine, and it's about how to work with emotional feeling when we just are caught up in it. I don't know if anyone else has ever had that problem, but I have. And sometimes as yogis at Ananda Village, I think some of us, most of us in the early days of Ananda came as hermit yogis. And we just, we went straight to God in some lifetimes and bypassed working with feeling and emotion and more of that outward expression of the divine. But Master Swamiji wanted to show how to even bring it into that part of our lives. And so a good part of this book is about how to deal with that stuff in our lives. And Swamiji, you know, he said one time, I swear I heard this, and no one has ever been able to find it, but I swear I heard it. He, he paraphrased Shakespeare, and he said, to thine own funky self be true. <laughs> and we, we don't become carbon copies of each other because we come from this personal, unique expression that has a lot of funkiness in it. And the way out of that, of our own delusions or pettiness and all those things isn't to ignore it and suppress it and push it away. It's to offer it to God 
in devotion. And even during Kriya Yoga, we can offer those feelings that are, whether it's fear or sorrow or hurt, all these things can be offered up to God. And when we make an offering of those things, they become clay gets turned into gold. That beautiful chant of Master, touch me but once, and I will change all my clay into thy gold. I laugh because I think that, I'm not sure if Tagore wrote that as a poem or where it came from, maybe Master wrote it, but I think the author used clay and they wanted to use other terms that were a lot cruder than just clay because our worst things can actually be transmuted when we just go to God and we see how sometimes people, I think all of us at times, we've really messed up really badly or given into some pattern that just we're just sick and tired of giving into and or we've done something really unspiritual and we kind of look at Master's picture and we sort of kind of go like that. and. But that's not the way out. The way out is to go to them again and again and just offer it up to them and just continue this process. And it is a lifelong process. But I think we've all seen the sanctity that comes from practicing a whole life of Kriya Yoga the way Ananda Village and now as we're seeing throughout the world, these great Kriya Yogis everywhere are doing. There's also a chapter on controlling the reactive process cooperating with grace, the fire of devotion, and how to work with the initial human emotions or the um, honeymoon phase of the spiritual path, which is more like puppy love for God, which is good, and it's a good start, and how to, to work with turning it into something higher all the time. How to change our destiny. This is a, something that we just see a lot, especially in India, where people think that they cannot change their destiny, it's fixed. And no, they gave it Kriya Yoga to us. Yeah, Sri Yukteswar said, the past lives of all men are dark with many shames. Everything in future will improve if you begin making a spiritual effort now. And for Kriya Yogis, Kriya Yoga is that spiritual effort. And we, we made our destiny and we can remake and create our future destiny by what we're practicing. And the techn technological yogi inner communion, and the final exam. So this book just really, someone asked in a, one of the talks I gave about the book whether they could just read chapters randomly and they had to, you know, didn't have to follow it in order. And any author probably would say, no, no, don't say that. Because you, there's a reason why you write in a certain order. It's a, there's, there's a progression in the book. But that said, once people finish the book, yeah, you can, the different chapters do give quotes from Autobiography of a Yogi. Every, every chapter begins with a quote from Autobiography of a Yogi. Every chapter ends with a, a passage from Swamiji, from Kriya Initiations, from his books. And so just, again, this is their book. We hear Swamiji wrote 150 books, but I think it's actually a lot more than that. This, I don't know if this is 151, maybe it's 155, but really they've shown us how to do these things. And none of these books would have been written without Swamiji and our masters, but Swamiji especially really showing us how to live as Kriya Yogis in that model. Because he could have he could have stayed up in the Himalayas in bliss and not come back. That would have been so easy to do. But he came back to show us and just again deep gratitude to Swamiji, to our Ananda community, to Jyotish Devi for guiding us in these years since Swamiji left the body 
And just to all the, the dear friends all over the world, I share a, a quote often of it's an, an American saintly soul who said that the power of sangha or fellowship, the power of community, that what we're really doing is that we're walking each other home. And it's just, it's a beautiful way of looking at what we are all doing and why. It's just, we're supporting each other. If we see one of our guru bhais tipping over or falling away, we do everything we can to pull them back. And I think we've been pulled back many times too by our friends and we're, we're getting home uh, quickly. And I think maybe we're already home looking at all these great souls here. So many thanks to everybody for being here. And and for helping to launch this book for Kriya Yogis and also for those who really want to know more about it. Before we close with the prayer, let's all stand. Devarshi will be leaving soon, but it's not only for Devarshi, it's for the great mission that the masters have that he is a channel for. And he's a particular particularly important cog in the wheel of master's uh, machinations to move us into the future. Think of a big Swiss clock. He's one of the cogs that are making that, that dial move around. And so most of you know, probably all of you know, that he's the head of the monastery also in India, which is a very, very important work uh, but more than that, he's part of the energy that is really helping ground Master and this great work uh, back into India, the homeland from which they came. So he will be returning there shortly. So both for his trip and the success of his ongoing mission and also the success of this book. So let's all chant Om, visualize all of the masters, all of the Kriya Yoga masters, including Swamiji, beaming down their light into Devarshi, and then like a crystal, that light spreading out in all directions to encircle the globe. Holding that visualization of those blessings, the blessings on Devashi's life and on this book about Kriya Yoga, that it may truly spread and touch millions of souls. Let's chant Om. Rub your hands together and add your power to the spread of that light. with a prayer. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father Divine, Mother, Divine Mother, Friend, Beloved God, Friend, beloved God 
Great Kriya Yoga Masters, Jesus Christ, Babaji Krishna, Lahiri Mahashaya, Swami Sri Teshwar, Beloved Guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, Beloved Friend and Guide, Swami Kriyananda, we humbly bow to you all. We humbly bow to you all. May the light of Kriya Yoga, May the light of Kriya Yoga illumine, this world, illumine this world, driving out all darkness, out all darkness of hatred and violence, of hatred and, violence and, helping people everywhere, and helping people everywhere, whether they practice Kriya Yoga or not, whether they practice Kriya Yoga to tangibly feel, to tangibly feel that, God's light, that God's light, his love and joy, love and joy are, the only are the only realities. Bless us, Bless us. that through our devotion, through our, devotion our, service, our service and our practice of Kriya Yoga, and our practice of Kriya Yoga that we may walk each other home. That we may walk each other home. Oh, peace. So if you'd like uh, to get us purchase a book and have Dave or she sign it, you can go out into the foyer now. Thank you all for coming. Oh.